Single parenting isn't easy. We understand. Most parents don't plan to go it alone, but you can still make the most of this journey for your children and yourself. In fact, if you and your family are on that journey, this podcast is for you. Welcome to the Single Parent Advocate community and to our podcast. And here are your hosts, single parent founder, Stacey Poitras, broadcast journalist, single dad and friend, Daryl Moody. Hello, everybody. Welcome once again to the Single Parent Advocate Podcast. I am Daryl Moody, joining you from Orlando, Florida. Stacy is there at the beautiful SPA Studios in Dallas. Uh, special thanks to the Venture X Louisville, the realm at Castle Hills folks there. Eric and his team uh, do tremendous work there. Brent, friend of the show, Brent Sutcliffe, you know him from uh, Twitch and his uh, popular channel on Twitch, Rack TV. And we have a very special guest with us this week, Melissa Brown. She is a certified health coach and also a single parent uh, who can talk to us about her experience as a single parent and what she does now and how important uh, our health is as single parents and how we should all really be focused on that, even though we're spinning, uh, you know, what feels like a million different plates as at once. But uh, Stacy, let's just get the fun stuff out of the way. You just got back from uh, Hawaii. I and did. You were over there visiting your son. Tell us about your trip. Oh, it was crazy fun. Um, I hadn't seen him in about a year. And so we went to the big island and I stayed a week and got to see where they work and where they play. And we you I say took they. A, oh, my son and his new wife. Oh. Joy, Chris and Joy. And then they got a new puppy. Kenai. And so we adventured all week long. They, they had work hours through the week, you know, so I would be, you know, kind of coming and going. We shared their car and I would do day ventures and spend time with the puppy and spend time with them. It was really wonderful. I can't wait to tell everybody all about it. I know the pictures on social media were beautiful. You saw some really cool stuff. I can tell. Yeah. Yeah. I was really geeking out about the gardening. I'm so excited about it being fall because it means we change over the gardens. And uh, so I got to see all kinds of plants and flowers and things like that, that I, you know, personally enjoy. And also got to see my son, which is, you know. Well, not to glance over your epic vacation. We'll talk more about that next week because I took a vacation of my own with my kids. Not nearly as cool as going to Hawaii. but um, So we'll talk about that next week. But bring us up to speed with Single Parent Advocate. What are you have going on right now and uh, what can our listeners do to help? Okay, so uh, yesterday I got to work with a local community church. They're actually a home church, and they came alongside everybody here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area to deliver Chromebooks that had been donated by Gateway Church, which I was uh, so blessed to be able to work with uh, them to to actually deliver these Chromebooks. So we had four different uh, spots in the Dallas Fort Worth area that we um, met the families at and handed uh, them their Chromebooks and had special words of prayer and words of encouragement to help everybody, uh, you know, bless uh, their kids and themselves with some tech, much needed technology that they couldn't afford themselves. So that's huge. Um, what we're headed into right now is North Texas Giving Day. We are hard pressing to get everybody to make fundraising pages and uh, chat us up on all the social channels, whether that's Facebook, Twitter, 
Instagram, LinkedIn, even chat us up and get all your friends to donate on North Texas Giving Day, which is September 23rd. But actually, you can schedule your giving now. So NorthTexasGivingDay.org has a profile page for single parent advocate. You go to the profile page and donate. You can volunteer there as well. And we just want you to share, share, share and everybody donate something because what we're going to be doing with that is we're going to be turning that into clothing for families who have requested clothing this fall as much as possible. And then we're also going to be uh, trying to create a fund to provide uh, fall scholarships for single parents who have requested assistance with their college education. So those are the things we're leaning in on, on the family front right now, I'm going to be registering families for uh, Thanksgiving in the Dallas Fort Worth area where we'll be providing food and holiday hope and help. So uh, families are going to be hearing from us, volunteers and donors are, we're calling you guys to action and uh, jump in. We need you. We want you and we're honored to be a part of your life. And, and while we're asking uh, the listeners and the viewers for their help, you have a, another effort going on where single parent advocate can actually be the recipient of what, a $15,000 grant? Do I understand that correctly? Yes. And that's tied into North Texas Giving Day. Uh, there is a company in North Texas that is basically um asking for nominations for people's favorite charities. And uh, what they'll do is they'll choose charities to uh, donate this $15,000 to, and we want uh, families and everyone, viewers, all of you, you all need to go nominate single parent advocate. And if I am not mistaken, you can nominate um, more than one charity and you can nominate your favorite charity more than once. So Nominate, and nominate, got, nominate. And we've got the links on, on our various it, social media pages, right? Twitter, yep, Facebook, they're Instagram. They're all over Facebook and Instagram and LinkedIn. Okay. And always go to singleparentadvocate.org. You can uh, help support Stacy's effort there as well. Uh, Britt, bring us up to speed, man. Where, what's going on with you? How's, how's Rack TV? Uh, Rack TV is busy. We're just meeting a lot of people. I've actually met a number of single dads by now and building relationships with them. And just hearing their stories about their kids and, you know, they'll be, they'll be streaming and then, then they get their kid will run in the background and uh, just, you know, building relationships. That's what it's all about and bringing people up to speed and bringing up awareness and helping out as, as best I can. Got another, plan another charity for later in the month. And um, we'll tell you more about that later on. And you're still using Rack TV to raise money for single parent advocate, correct? Mm -hmm. okay. Yeah, the, there's a, there's a donation link right on my page. So, so hardcore gamers, obviously no Twitch, mm -hmm. Rack TV, R-A-C-C TV. You can go there and donate to support uh, Stacy's efforts. And play games. I've gone on and I've been watching these games going down. There's some serious gamers there, Brent. There's a, there's a whole platform for doing all sorts of things. And there's people from every walk of life doing things on there now because with the pandemic, and people losing their jobs, a whole lot of people started doing things virtual. So there's people even doing cooking streams on there now. They're craft stream. You could find just about anything on there. Exciting, exciting stuff. And let's talk to our guest now, Melissa Brown. She is a certified health coach. Uh, her company is My One Healthy Life. She's got a website, my, the number one, I'm sorry, M, 
the number one hl.com as in my one healthy life uh melissa thank you so much for joining us we're really excited to have you this week because you're kind of a a different guest for us because you're going to focus on health and fitness and 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 how all that plays into being the best single parents that we can be uh but before we get into all that tell us your story how did you become a single parent and 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 how did we get connected with you Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me, Stacey and Daryl and Brent. It's a pleasure to meet you. Um, I'm coming from the Destin Fort Walton Beach area, so I'm also in Florida. So, um, you know, I became a single parent. I went from high school to the Navy and everybody kept telling me, if you go into the Navy, you're going to end up getting married right away. And I'm like, no, 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 I wouldn't do that. And I did. (laughs) You know, being away from home and being 19 years old, And, you know, it didn't work out shocking there. Right. But I can tell you that um, in that even I ended up having one little one um, through that marriage. And even in that being a single parent, there's just such a stigma, at least especially when I was 19 years old and it didn't work out in less than, you know, two years. And I remember not even being of faith and calling the Navy chaplain and just being so worried, is God going to forgive me? I was just so scared and so nervous that, you know, I was actually a nervous wreck. And I remember the command career counselor telling me I was going to have to snap out of it or my ex-husband would end up with my son. And that worked. (laughs) You know, there's such a stigma for me about, you know, growing up as a single mom with a single mom. And being a product of that, that's the last thing I wanted for my kids. And so I actually made a friend in the Navy who would write me every day. I hated Sundays because that was the one day the mail didn't come. And we ended up becoming close and I ended up going to a business convention and all the T's crossed, the I's dotted, and I became a believer. I was so excited. felt like that was the one thing that I had been looking for for so long. And I was also adopted, and I had this abandonment and rejection issues, and so many things that play into that that I didn't even realize that as a kid, I was trying to fill that void. And then we ended up getting married. And for believe with all my heart that we were meant to be, but he never was sure. And because of that, there was just a lot of struggle. So the one thing that I I would share is that just take your time. (laughs) If you're a single parent now, or if you're looking at, at, at a relationship, just take your time and make sure that you both have the same values. Um, and for me for 10 years, I kind of lost myself trying to be whatever I thought was going to make that person happy. And we ended up having three. So I am a mom of three. So I have a son who is 31. Um, I have a daughter who's 27 and I, my youngest is 24. So then, um, the neat thing is I realized that my health was important because if something happened to me, then that meant these kids world would completely change. It would turn upside down overnight. And that's one of the things that I wanted to share, you know, as, as a single parent, as a former single parent for 15 years, I didn't plan it to be 15 years, but I realized that this was such an amazing time when you, when you take, it's not, you're not a victim. It's just an opportunity for you to grow. You know, sometimes you can change that and maybe reconcile my case. I couldn't, but I loved this time of my life. Um, Not every day. And there were times of it that was really a huge struggle. But what I realized is 
is I wanted to find out who I was. What is it Melissa likes? What is, what is my life for? And I wanted my kids to have that when they look back on their life, they didn't want them to feel like their childhood was full of emotional baggage and all that. I want them to have a fun childhood. So that was one of the things that I really focused on a lot that made me want to make sure that I was healthy. And that wasn't exactly how I became a health coach. I never envisioned myself becoming a health coach. But what I did do is I started focusing on that and the different steps just kind of lined up. You know, after being making the decision to not date, um, after I had already tried twice, so not once, but twice and made a, a poor choice. I decided that I was going to wait for who the Lord had for me. Not that I thought he was going to drop him down from the sky or anything, nothing weird or sci-fi. But the idea was that I just wanted to focus on myself, grow, learn from what I, what I went through so that I didn't bring it into the next relationship. And I didn't feel like a second-class citizen. I didn't feel like a statistic. And I realized that over time that God helped me to see that I was valuable and that he's bigger than all the statistics that get shared about single parenting. And if the father doesn't go to church or if the mom doesn't go to church, he's so much bigger than that. So our kids do not have to have a disadvantage if we don't believe that. So that was some of the neat things. And, and in that process, I started looking at, I can't eat the same way my kids can, you know, as they get older, life gets so crazy and as single parents, you know, we're trying to do both roles and we can get ourselves to a point where we're just spinning in circles and we're not enjoying these kids and all the different activities and watching them grow. We're so busy trying to make sure everything's done perfectly. And um, I remember being at a women's conference and listening to a story that Barbara Johnson shared. She was a, an author that was there. And she shared how one day she came in the door and here her kids were sitting on the floor and they were flinging jello at a cabinet. And she had a choice. So right then and there, she could yell and scream and make them clean it up. Or she could just sit on the floor with them and fling it with them because you know what? They're going to clean it up, not her. And so that was one of the things that helped me because I was angry in the beginning. It took a lot of years for me to be able to get to ground zero and just start enjoying life. But that's the whole purpose of being healthy. It's not just, you know, every, a lot of people think of just weight, but it's emotional health, it's physical health, it's spiritual health, financial health, and all of those things play on us as parents, because as parents, you are modeling for your kids, even much more, they're watching you much more than we realize. And for us, for me now being remarried, my grandparents are watching, you know, my grandkids are watching me as a grandparent. So I want to make sure that I'm setting a good example. So what I get the privilege of doing now, and really it came out of just developing my own health goals, um, is I get to guide people to become the heroes of their own journey and help them to customize an approach, whether it's a meal plan, help them with the different things that they're struggling with. And we use a healthy habit program so that they can actually start to work through it because it takes time to turn unhealthy habits to healthy ones.
you know, one of the things that you talked about that really speaks to me and Stacy, you've heard me talk about this a thousand times, and that is as single parents, sometimes we find ourselves thinking of ourselves as second class citizens because our life didn't work out the way that we wanted it to. And, and you know, and here we are in this uh, what feels like an impossible situation sometimes. And you talk about the need to be a perfect parent. Uh, talk to us about how did you overcome that? One, I realized there's no such thing as being a perfect parent. You know, one of the things that I taught my kids is I taught them that adults are not perfect. And so when I blew it, just like I expect them to ask me to forgive them when they blew it, I do. The, I did the same thing their whole life. So whatever I rules were most of the time, unless it was a child type rule, um, but I would live by the same rule. So if I said we weren't going to watch movies that are, you know, higher than PG, I didn't either when they were young. Um, um, as, as far as for, sorry, I got lost, I think on that. But the idea is just that I made sure that I taught my kids that adults aren't perfect. And so what I wanted for them, and this is what I would tell them, I'm going to tell you when I'm doing something wrong, I'm going to ask you to forgive me, just like I asked you to. My goal was that when they hit 18, I wanted them to need less therapy than I did. That was my whole goal. <laughs> not a bad goal. <laughs> and not always, not always, you know, uh, easy to accomplish. That's for sure. No, but you know, one of the things is, is when, you know, as single parents too, and I think I did this for way too many years, you've got people that are safe for your family to be around and they're asking to come in and help. Please stop saying no, let them help you. Don't be so uh, it's my, it's my problem. They're my kids, but you know what? It, it that really does. You ha if you have safe people that you can let take them for once an hour for a week or once, every, once a month, please do it. I wish I would have known something like this single parent advocate. I didn't have things like that. I have my church and I'm very, very grateful, but I'm just saying that you, we've got to stop thinking that we have to be everything well, there's no way you can physically possibly do that and maintain your mental health. It's just not good for you. We're not Superman. We're not Wonder Woman. Those are TV characters, but we put ourselves in this box that we have to be perfect. And it really does speak into the psyche of our kids because we kind of then expect them to be when we're expecting so much of ourselves. The other thing is have fun with them. Oh my gosh, I wish I would have had more fun with these kids when they were little. But the truth of the matter is this time is they're going to have one childhood. You know, another thing that I remember um, another speaker talking about at another convention, you know, I, every time I could be, I was at my church because it was such a great surrounding for the kids. You know, I couldn't show these family, I couldn't show my kids what a healthy marriage looked like because that wasn't, it wasn't the gift that I had from the Lord. But other families in my church were able to show that. What does a healthy one look like? And then I was able to show their kids that this is what it looks like to be an adult and to not be married. But I'm not wild. I'm not doing crazy things. The same expectations they had for their kids, their older teenagers, young adults was the same way I was living my life. So we really can be that example for each other's and be those hands and feet that the Lord talks about. Um, the other thing was, you know, when have fun with them and play, play games. I used to, I used to, when they were little all the time say, what is the one thing that you think that 
you could do that I would stop loving you. And they would think really hard and they would say something. I'm like, do you know that I would still love you? Even if that happened, I can't shield you from the consequences, but I will walk with you through them. So it was a way of me kind of constantly stepping into their life saying, there is nothing that you can do or say that's going to keep me from loving you. You know, you had mentioned something earlier about creating a healthy environment uh, in our homes, you know, for ourselves and for our kids. And um, I was wondering, you know, could you kind of just repeat that for the sake of our listeners and audience? Because it was so impactful uh, what you what you kind of highlighted for all of us. You know, one of the things that, you know, especially in this season with COVID and um, just so much isolation and fears that's out there is having that healthy surrounding, you know, and it's in different levels. So we can start with healthy eating. You know, one of the things is look what's in your pantry. You know, if there's things there that you shouldn't eat, really think about do the kids need it? You know, is there stuff that's in your refrigerator that you know you shouldn't eat because it would go against your goals. Or if you're a diabetic, you can't have that much sugar, those kind of things. So really kind of think just because they're littler doesn't mean it's okay for them either. So really look at, go on resources. Um, you're welcome to reach out to us. Happy to help you um, talk about different ways that you can give them snacks that are healthy in their lunches, those kind of things. But then it goes to the other level too of activity. You know, when you're, everybody, when you're having people in your home and there's usually food involved and that's great, but it's not all about the food. It's about relationships, building each other up. So making sure that the things that you're doing are setting each other up for success, you know, getting out of the house, going on walks, relieving that stress and finding healthy ways to do it, not through eating, not having rewards. So many people end up, unfortunately, in this cycle of, I get to have this, you know, it could be that cake or it could be a double helping of this. Instead of choosing rewards that are food-based, choose as activity-based. You know, go take the dog for the walk. And, you know, that particular time, maybe you're not going to get a lot of fitness out of it, but it does get you up and moving because they say the, the more you're sitting, it's kind of like the new smoking. It's so unhealthy for us to sit 10, 12, 8 hours a day. We need to get up and move this body. That's how we, we get to get the toxins out of our body, drink water. You know, everybody needs my virtual store is not showing, <laughs> but, you know, healthy eating, healthy drinking, lots of water. It's very good for us. So there's all kinds of things you can do. And you may not have somebody in your home that's like minded in that way. It doesn't mean you have to leave your <laughs> your family members, but then reach out to others in your community. Is at work somebody at work? Is there somebody in your church? Is there somebody at a networking group you belong to, um, go out and walk with them, go out and talk with them, get together with them and share recipes. There's just so many ways that you can do that because your health, especially as a single parent. And I do remember this, remember really thinking strongly about when these, until all of these kids are 18 years old, it matters if I don't make it, it changes everything about their world. You know, and right now with COVID, we see that there's so many reports that the more if you're not at a 25 BMI or less then your risks for COVID getting it and your the way it's going to treat your body is so much worse. So just having that healthy weight, that healthy BMI makes a huge difference and impact. And it actually nutrition is 80% of it are hereditary or 
the reason how we're made our hereditary is only about 20% of our weight. So there's a lot of things that we can do that's going to help us to stay healthy. I've got a question. How yes. did how did your experience as a single parent change? Because you had your own health journey uh, mm -hmm. that's kind of detailed on your on your website, uh, m1h1m1hl.com. How did your uh, life and, and experience as a single parent change after you uh, addressed your health and made improvements and, and essentially got healthier. You know, I'm more active, it's able to keep up with these little kids, you know, I, because as they get older, they do more impactful things. So they're the energy and just being able to be more aware, staying up late at night and having communicate conversations with them because they're so busy during that day. So the healthier you are, the more you're available to them emotionally, physically, mentally, financially. And it just all makes a difference. It shows them that it matters for their life as well. Because a lot of college students, if you look at it, the way they eat is terrible. But you know what? They think that that's okay. And so we want to make sure that they are growing up learning how to cook, how to be active, how to have good, healthy relationships. This is not the only way to have relationships, you know, so all of those things matter, you know, and, and being a single, a former single mom for 15 years, I used to put myself on the back burner all the time because it was like, well, I just, I need to pour into them. But if we aren't the best for us, then we can't have all of our health, our mental capacity to overflow, to fill their life. You know, they're going through all of these things. And I can't, you know, my granddaughter, her kindergarten year was homeschooling, was through a, a video source like this. And that wasn't something they chose. It was just, that's all that there was. So the idea is we they're going through things that we never had to go through at that age. And the more we can be the best for ourselves, the more we can be available to them and to help them through it. You know, and the biggest thing for me, you know, is making sure that you affirm these kids and know that they're loved. And a lot of that has to do with us having to get healthy mentally. So being healthy with our mind and how we think, you know, one of the, the things I was on listening to a Joyce Meyer podcast today that just really struck out to me. And it said, forgiveness is not about how you feel. It's about how you treat people. And there's so many lessons that we have to go through. I mean, you look at everything that's happening in the world today. There's so much hatred. There's so much, you know, I don't even know how to say is if you don't do the way they think, then it's you're considered evil or you're not considered a healthy person. But the idea is we all have the right to choose how we live our life. But think of you only get one. So if I could, one of the things that we do in our workshop, and I would love to do that for you all and tape that someday, and my husband can join us on it, is it's a great way where we walk through six macro habits. Um, but I'm going to have everybody right here in the studio Go ahead and follow this with me. So I want you to close your eyes. I want you to imagine your future self in five years. Picture that person. What is it that you're asked that that future self is asking you to stop right now? What are they asking you to start? What are they asking you to do more or less of? Now, I want you to picture that. Is it in your health, losing weight, gaining weight? Is it in your finances so that you can get off that roller coaster? Is it exhaustion, 
You know, do you need to start doing some self-care and allowing somebody to come alongside of you? Allow someone safe to watch your kiddos. So you can open your eyes. And what I want you to just visualize is that when I started my journey, I ended up being the last four years, I've kept it off for four years. I gained 20 pounds because after 15 years, I got introduced to my husband and it was actually by both of our moms. So our moms and their assisted living care center played Mary Matchmaker. I didn't wow. sign up for that dating service. <laughs> I tried to get out of it, um, but I ended up putting on an extra 20 pounds. So I had 40 pounds to lose and about five dress sizes more than I had ever been before in my life. And I didn't care because after 11 months, it was like, oh my gosh, I've been praying for this for 15 years, loving life, enjoying it. And I realized that it was out of control. And I realized I looked in the mirror and I thought to myself, who is this person? And if I don't figure out what to do, then in five years, where am I going to be? And so what I realized is that, you know, this door opened up for me to find this nutritional plan and a healthy habit installation program so that you can keep it off for life. And with that, I started my journey and I lost my 40 pounds, five dress sizes. I went from a 14 to a six. My husband lost, lost five inches in his waist and 50 pounds. And people started noticing and they just started asking us to help them. So again, I never so many times the adversity or the trial that we have becomes the way, becomes this amazing future, this door that opens. And that's what happened for us. You know, as I was helping others reach their goals, I realized, oh my gosh, I love this, but it was never a thought in my head. But there's so much, it paralleled so much with my mission of loving singles. Because if you realize that this is not, it's not a, um, how do you say it? It's not a stigma. It's you're not a second class citizen. You're important. It's an amazing season in your life if you choose to accept it. It was one more way that I could help anybody because we only get one life. And it's so important that we stick around for these kids and then grandkids you know they want us to be there for them. The author escapes me, but have you read the book, The Obstacle is the Way? No, I haven't, but I talk about that a lot. I've read a lot of books that talk about it. Yeah, I guess I can't, I can't remember the author off the top of my head, but that's a great book if folks want to check that out. The Obstacle is the Way. That's a great philosophy. Uh, so, so I feel like you gave us some tips, but like give us some, give us some top five quick, easy to execute tips as single parents to, to help get us on track to addressing our health and getting healthy. So first is what is your goal? What is it that you want to achieve? And write it down. Writing it down is a big deal. Second, if it has to do with weight management, first thing you need to do is make sure that you're having a meal within one hour of waking up and then a small meal every two to three hours. That will keep your blood sugar nice and even. It will keep you from having those periods of time where you go so long that you eat everything in sight. Third thing is hydration, 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 a minimum of 64 ounces. If you think about it, your body, if you're not putting the water in, it is regurgitating or cycling through old water. And remember your body's taking in toxins. So you need to make sure that you're, you're replacing that. Fourth, move your body. Don't sit too long. Make sure that about every hour you get up 
five minutes, 10 minutes, go print, print all of the things that you need to, and then walk across to get the printer. Don't go do it right away. Get up and go use the restroom. Get up the next time and just go get a glass of water. So those are a lot of things that you can do. And the fifth thing is some self-care. Trying to get a routine of when you're going to wake up, and when you're going to go to sleep and give yourself seven hours to sleep. Sleep, hydration, and the way you feed your body is going to make you feel so much better. Seven hours sleep. That sounds like magic. <laughs> it is. <laughs> you know, I, um, I downloaded a sleep app. Um, and I, I watch my hours of sleep, you know, that was one of the steps I took, you know, and I couldn't believe now it's like, I get up in the morning. I, I don't do anything until I look at my sleep app to see how I slept. And it talks about your heart rate dip. It talks about, you know, uh, the heart rate variability and, mm -hmm. you know, different uh, indicators that can talk about, you know, how you're aging, I guess, as it relates to that heart rate variability and um, also kind of how deep you sleep, whether it's shallow sleep or, um, you know, deeper sleep. And so that has led me now get Daryl don't no, no jabs here. Okay. okay. But it's led me to do like um, a meditation. So like I do like this uh, other app, I'm a technology kind of girl, but I have another app where uh, I can play in my case, prayers, you know, mm -hmm. or sounds of the ocean waves or different things to kind of help me really capture my racing mind and bring it to one point and surrender it in my case to God, you know, Lord, I'm giving this to you. I'm trusting you with all these things and I'm going to trust you with my rest. And somebody told me a long time ago that rest is a verb. Like if you, if you look at rest in the dictionary, it's actually a verb. And I struggled with rest. I always, as a single parent, I would just go, 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 go. I didn't want to drop any balls. I was committed to being productive, productive to the point to where I was not rested. I was short with my son sometimes and uh, kind of panicked, honestly, about, you know, I didn't want to leave anything undone. I wanted the kitchen sink to be perfect. Like you talked about perfectionism, you know, um, yes. I wanted the beds to be made. I wanted all of the house to be perfect so I could create good memories with my son. And that ended up being uh, the thing I needed to let go of. And, uh, you know, it is a journey. It's hard to let go of those habits. And sometimes those aren't just habits. Those are, uh, things we inherited from our, our family, you know, that this is how we do things. We keep a clean house. We do this, we do that, you know, and, you know, sometimes you have to examine that and go, is that the best thing for me and my kids, you know, now, or should I modify it a little bit, fine tune it, optimize it for what I'm dealing with today. You know, that sometimes traditions are great traditions, but they can be stronger and better and more meaningful if we adapt them into the times we're living now, you know, exactly. Um, so, exactly. but, uh, that sleep app has been really cool. And then, um, the, the meditations, my, uh, app 
that I do for meditations is called Abide. Now, now, and why would I be critical of meditation? Just because I'm incapable of it. Because it doesn't involve football or golf. You can still you can still achieve Zen without playing without golf, golf or and football. football. Sure, go to the <laughs> beach, where, whatever your happy place is. <laughs> I just had to get a jab in. <laughs> and, and of course, we, we lost Brent, but he. You know, he was kind enough to put a Florida Gators banner up just for me. I appreciate that. Hopefully, Brent will be able to rejoin us. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, I was just uh, thinking about that, you know, creating a healthy environment. You know, who do you allow near you and whose thoughts do you um, let sink into your skin and the way you see the world uh, and the you know, the idea of jello being thrown against the kitchen cabinets and sitting in the floor and doing it with my son absolutely made me cringe, <laughs> you know, but I might put it in his hair, you know, <laughs> play it, you know, but I want to, I, I want to go back to what Melissa said about allowing people to help you. Can mm -hmm. you give us some examples of, of, of some people in your life? And obviously everybody, you know, everybody's relationships are different, but can you give us some examples of people in your life that were able to, to help you that, that maybe, you know, the typical single parent hasn't thought of just different people to reach out to that sort of thing, people in your circle. I can tell you what, what I did. I mean, I made some very close friends within the church. Um, I lived in an area where, um, I didn't have family members close by. So those became my aunts and the uncles and the grandparents and, you know, the cousins, so to speak. And so when, once I got to know someone well enough, because there are some creepy things that I also found um, that you have to be careful of and don't let people you don't know well watch your kids. Because that doesn't usually end up well. Um, but out of desperation, sometimes I think people can go there because they're just so exhausted. But I would have my best friend. She kept them occasionally so that I could maybe go to a movie or get my nails done or go get a massage. You know, those are just like huge rewards, you know, and, and I even had to look at letting go of, you know, my co-parent, even though there is some things happening on that side of, of the, of the relationship that I didn't think was best for my kids but God's in control. And I had to let go of that and stop thinking that I had to control everything. So when they were with him, that needed to be my time to really fill myself up again. You know, maybe have that quiet time, maybe go to a movie, maybe go for a long walk, you know, get some stuff done before they came back home so that it was done. And then we could just hang out together. So things like that, sometimes we just have to kind of reimagine who that could be, you know, or be okay with letting them watch a movie for an hour so that you can go focus on something, but then they earn that hour. You know, if, if they want to watch an hour of TV, then they need to read for an hour and they need to be under, they need to, you quiz them so that you know that they actually comprehended it and didn't just stay like this in front of it for an hour, but it's things like that. Just, and then ask other people around you, you know, what do they do? So it's all about just not feeling like you're alone or isolating, just open up and maybe join a, a single parent group at your church, at your work. You know, is, is there an outlet that you're not realizing is there because we're just being so close vested? I think that's another thing that I think I was, especially in the beginning, you know, I wanted to keep my arms like this around them and protect them because so much had happened that I didn't want to happen. And we have to realize that, you know, God's in control. 
And as long as you're doing everything you can to keep them safe, they've got to get ready for this world. And so that's one of the things that I just, I, I learned a lot. And, you know, two things that I did when I was really frustrated. So when I was lonely, this is going to sound crazy, but I don't care. Um, I would sit on the floor uh, in my living room and I would put my head on the seat of the recliner and I would imagine God being there and just stroking my hair. And I thought of that because when I was a little girl and my dad would stroke my hair and God to me was my dad. And so it was things like that, that I was like, okay, I matter. God is here with me. I may not have a physical human being as a life partner or somebody to spend time with or go to the movie with, but I still have, I'm still valuable. You know, and a second thing that I did is I was very concerned with, I had a very long journey. Um, So being, I didn't know I was going to be waiting 15 years for this person to come, but um, I would write things out how I was feeling, what's going on. Cause I needed to get it out of my head. I needed that mental health. So I would write it in a journal, but being concerned that my daughter or my sons may come across it, I would rip it out and I would go to my bathroom and I would strike a match and I would light it on fire. And then I would put, let it, all the ashes go into the toilet and I would flush it. And it was my way of getting it out of my head. I'm no longer having to have these negative emotions and I wasn't hurting the kids. They didn't come across anything, but it was me with just giving it over. Just like you were talking about Stacy, Lord, I give this to you. I don't know how this is ever going to be any different because it feels like forever, but I trust you. I trust you. Well, that's powerful. I think, you know, resources that I think of, Daryl, you know, just to chime in, you know, I love the YMCA, you know, (laughs) and I would, my son, you know, he would play soccer with the YMCA or there were sports organizations and uh, in our church, there was a a group of men that reached out to uh, boys that were being raised by uh, single mothers. And so they would take them fishing and do all the stuff that, you know, I didn't really want to (laughs) do. You know, sometimes they would, um, you know, reach out that way and I would let him go, you know, and um, then I also intentionally created um, friendships with other single parents um, and we would switch off like sometimes they would. Uh, watch the kids. And sometimes I would watch the kids. And then as the kids got older, um, you know, because I was a single parent for 15 years too, um, they could have kind of have a teenage play date, if you will, and watch movies or do something while I needed to be somewhere or wanted to go somewhere. And I developed a relationship enough with these parents and their kids um, and sometimes neighbors where I knew the environment my son was going to be in. And I might not agree with everything wholeheartedly that that family does or doesn't do, but my, my son was not in harm's way, you know? Um, And he was being exposed to a worldview that, you know, he's going to need to be exposed to someday, you know, not everybody sees things the same way, you know? So, and that, that would open up conversations uh, for us, you know, to talk about, well, what about this? And what about that? And how do we, how do we um, come up a with our own perception? You know, what do we believe in? But then also um, 
how do we accept someone else's different opinion, keep our own and still get along, you know, and, and have uh, a healthy environment where we accept each other's differences, you know? And um, so that was, uh, you know, accepting help from other single parents and, and neighbors, you know, was a really, really great uh, way to go through life together with others. And then um, a third thing, you know, for me, and I, I think I hear you saying this a lot, both of you actually is the church. Uh, we had, we went to a church and there was a lot of youth activities and things like that. And it was our home church for the whole time. I was a single mom. Um, and uh, that really was not only resources for my children, that was resources for me. And um, I was able to get assistance. There were times I was, I needed food. There was times when um, I needed uh, you know, somebody to hold my head while I cried, <laughs> you know, so many different things. And sometimes I just, you know, needed a place to call home where I belonged. And um, that was the, the church for me. And then my family had lived um, very far away, so I couldn't go see them. So sometimes we think, oh, I can go to my family for support but not for everybody. Sometimes the family lives far away or they're, they've got their own uh, challenges that they're working to overcome. And so it's hard to always assume you can go to your family and get kind of a resource uh, all the time, you know? So definitely YMCA, friends and neighbors, the church, family, surround yourself. I always say this, surround yourself with people who are your biggest fans, who, who are your friends, they're friendly, they're kind, they're warm, they build you up, they, you know, fill your gas tank um, with, with healthy choices and good things for your mind, for your body, for your soul, for your spirit. Um, all four of those things matter for your kids, but they also matter for you as a parent and, and even as a grandparent, you know. Uh, it's super important. And those are the big rocks we have to fill up in our lives so that we um, can have a good life and enjoy it and build a bucket full of great memories with our kids. It's the old adage, it takes a village. Right. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Well, you know, it, it and we can create a village. And sometimes it, 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 exactly. it, it requires us to be brave requires us to be a little more adventurous, you know, um, a little humble, being willing to let others help. Very good point. Yeah. And, and I, I um, was talking with somebody about building a community and, and, you know, what is it like when a family that, you know, head of a household, you know, a single parent allows single parent advocate or us into their lives, whether it's through the podcast or, you know, in Texas locally, you know, hopefully we'll be in Florida soon. <laughs> and, um, but, you know, I guess we are in Florida, but we're just not, we don't have our hands on team there yet. And so, but, you know, like what would happen if um, I just assumed that somebody needed help and I just, Hey, I think you need this. I mean, you have to kind of come upon this realization that, you know, I want help. I want to let somebody in. I want to learn something new. I want, you know, to 
uh, be a part of a community, you know, and I may have to listen to some new ideas or I may have to break out of being shy or perfect, perfect. We don't have to have our walls up, um, you know, all the time. Uh, we can choose to be a part of a, a new community and be a part of a new equation and, and go that direction with our kids and health is, is so or um, so much more involved than just our bodies. It's the number childhood obesity is the number one on the rise. And it just makes me cry because two-year-olds don't know how to become obese. You know, we're responsible to nourish them mentally, physically, you know, emotionally. And the idea is we have to learn how to fuel our bodies properly so that we can teach them as well. And that getting active, it doesn't mean you have to have huge amounts of formal exercise, but something walking, it, you know, I, I don't, I, I'm so sad of so many people that have lost their lives and all the tragic that has happened in COVID. But I can tell you the one thing that I loved watching, I loved watching families walking down the street together, riding their bikes together, spending times together. It reminded me of the older days, you know, when that was more of the focus and the priority. And so it's just, I think it's, it was, it's one way I always look at tragedy when it happens. And it's just a reminder of what's truly important. You know, it's not, it's not the financial, it's not the huge goals that we have. It's, building the relationships, being healthy so that we can enjoy each other. That's such a great point. I I remember, you know, we talk a lot about how I like to take bike rides with my kids. And that's one of the first things I noticed during the lockdowns was we went out in the afternoon. I was like, wow, I've never seen so many people out in my neighborhood. And everybody was so happy to see everybody else because, you know, it was the limited human interaction that we all got. But, you know, if there was a good thing, a, a, a good positive result of the pandemic, it's that it did force families to reconnect and it did get us out in our own communities, meeting our neighbors. And walking around, moving our bods. And now look at the workforce. How many people now get to work from home or it's more of an issue. It's kind of forcing the issue. People get to choose to the, you know, as many, as many workforces can let them choose what's best for them and their family. You know, as long as they're getting their work run, why does it matter? Well, depending on your profession, you know, there are some, some professions that really do, you know, you can choose to go into the office or have a hybrid, um, hybrid type of a, you know, in office and some at home. And then there's some folks that are still hundred percent at home. Um, so, you know, whatever it takes to incorporate health into that, you know, mental, spiritual, physical, uh, health, you know, whether you need a mental break, a physical, you know, lap around the building or lap around the block, you know, right. Um, for sure. But, um, so I guess what, you know, in wrapping up, I would love you to just, uh, tell us all one more time. What are your five key takeaways? What can people take home with them? How can they get in touch with you? And of course, um, you know, we'd love to have you back. Oh, we'd love it. Um, so the number one thing that you can do is you want to make sure that you're fueling your body properly. So limit sugar, um, eat within the first hour of waking up, drink 64 ounces of water, um, 
mainly, or if it, uh, basically the idea is half of your body weight, you're not going to have a, a little one drinking 64 ounces of water if they were, if they are 64 ounces, but just making sure that you space your meals every two to three hours so that you don't get so hungry that you eat everything in sight. When you have gatherings, focus on the people, not the food. Make sure that you're moving your body. If you are in a sitting position a lot, set timers on your phone, get up every 50 minutes, take five minutes and go walk, go instead of sending an email, go walk to a coworker or to a family member and talk to them instead. You know, so the idea is just be there for each other. Make sure you're looking in your pantry, help kiddos to learn how to eat better, not to, um, eat because they're emotional or things are happening. Talk to your kids. The biggest thing you can do is just talk with them so they know what's going on, that you're there for them no matter what. Um, my, um, my website is m1hl.com. My phone number is there, but I'll give it to you right here on this. My cell phone number is 214-907-0492. We are happy to come alongside of you and give you some ideas. We just want to see everybody get healthy and stay that way. Because all you can do, we can't, you can't help what hereditary does and accidents, but we want to give our body a fighting chance, no matter what comes down the line. And the way you do that is you get healthy, both mentally, physically, financially, spiritually. And so all of those things are things that your kids, your grandkids, your family, and your friends are watching. So if you can inspire others to get that, to get healthy, we only get one life. So let's do it right. Excellent. Excellent lessons. Thank you so much for that, Melissa. Uh, Stacy, you know, one more time, remind the folks, uh, this $15,000 grant that's out there up for grabs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So hop on Facebook. I put a post up there this weekend. It's for North Texas Giving Day. North Texas Giving Day is an annual fundraising frenzy. Charities from everywhere, apply they make profile pages and uh, there's lots of contests and things to uh, help us raise money so in this particular situation i would love our community to nominate single parent advocate for a sixteen thousand dollar competition prize that's out there for us it doesn't cost anything for the nomination and um, i have it on the facebook page so you just go to single parent advocate on facebook and you can see where that link is hop on there it takes two seconds it's really really quick and we could win sixteen thousand dollars and that will help us in our fall outreaches so uh, we just hope that you know however you get involved with north texas giving day uh, and single parent advocate that you would join us in and uh, help us raise money so that we can provide more hands up for more moms and dads and kids out there. And we appreciate it very much. Awesome. Good stuff. Uh, next week, Stacey, we will, we will dive into your fantastic Hawaiian vacation. We can tell the folks about all the good fun you had there and all the beautiful scenery you got to take. And Melissa, again, thank you for joining us. I emailed Brent. I don't, I don't, he must've lost his internet or something, but we'll, we'll try and reconnect with him. Hopefully he's okay there. But uh, then again, visit his uh, rack TV his channel on Twitch and uh, singleparentadvocate.org, m1hl.com. Thank you folks again for listening and we will see you all next time. Stay healthy.